How's it going everyone? Welcome back to another episode of the House of Horror and today we're going to be looking at 15 phenomenal facts about White Zombie. I wanted to do 15 phenomenal facts a little bit differently this time because well the film is public domain so may as well watch the film along with you guys. So that's what I'm going to do. If you're listening to this over on YouTube you can watch the film right along with me. If you're listening on Spotify or Apple Podcast you're going to have to sync this up with the film or you can sync it up with my YouTube video of it because we're watching the film. So yeah I just wanted to try something new with 15 Phenomenal Facts. I'm going to be trying a lot of new things this uh, run of the show. So yeah, without further ado, because we're going to be watching an entire film, we're just going to get right to it. And yeah, if you guys haven't already, please make sure you subscribe to the channel and turn on notifications so you know when I come out with new videos. And if you give this video a thumbs up and share it with a friend, it would be greatly appreciated. And so yeah, today we're going to be looking at some of the most interesting facts about this illustrious film that maybe some of the most hardcore fans don't know. And of course, if I left anything out, let me know down in the comments section below. But for right now, just sit back, relax, and enjoy my white zombie 15 phenomenal facts and commentary. everybody so welcome to my commentary slash watch along let's call it a watch along i don't want to call it a commentary because i don't know what i'm talking about really of white zombie as we see the title screen coming up here um i love the title screen it's like the broadway lights coming up with the word zombie um, of course, with Bella Lugosi. Um, yeah, I really wanted to try something a little bit different with the 15 Phenomenal Facts video this week. I'm always looking to try something new, and actually our first fact is right here. Jack Pierce is under the art and technical. He did all of the makeup in the film. Um, well, maybe not all of it, but he did a lot of it, particularly with Lugosi um, and some of the main zombies. If you don't know who Jack Pierce is, the reason why this is a phenomenal fact and why it's important is because Jack Pierce did the Frankenstein makeup. I mean, he was a big, big makeup guy back in the day. I mean, he's still the makeup that everyone uses today. His style of the Frankenstein monster is still the style that you see. So it's a big deal. He was a big grab for this movie. Um, it's very low-budget, independent. Um, I love the chanting that's going on in the background, by the way. Um, so, of course, there's our director. Um, but yeah, I wanted to do 15 Phenomenal Facts a little bit differently this time, mainly because, I mean, this is a public domain movie, so I mean, may as well watch it with you guys if you haven't seen it before. Um, because I know a lot of times with, like, these old movies, they're a little difficult to get through for modern audiences, so you got me to help you get through it, man. So we're gonna watch White Zombie together if you haven't seen it before for the first time. Um, so yeah, I don't know how this is really gonna go, but we're gonna try it out. Um, I actually don't even know if I'm going to upload this or not. This is a, a test. You know what? I'm going to upload this. Even if it's not the best, I'm going to upload this. Um, just so you guys, I don't know. Just because, you know what? I can embrace my mistakes. So you know what? If this is horrible, that's fine. I'm still going to upload it. Um, and of course, okay, so what's going on right now? So this is a couple. Um, they're not married yet, but I think they are about to be married. They are fiancés. And they are in Haiti right now, visiting one of their friends who apparently lives in Haiti. And as we see, we see the zombies here. So let's get into some more of our 15 phenomenal facts. We already did one, um, is that Jack Pierce is in it. So for number two, um, this is basically, a lot of this is sort of like a Dracula ripoff, basically. Um, because it follows a lot of the same story beats, um, even down to this carriage right here coming up. Um, basically they both follow, 
um, someone traveling to a new land, they meet a creepy character, um, there's basically, like, a scientist-type guy who knows all of the secrets. I love this shot, by the way, of Lugosi's eyes, how they just go, and they're in the foreground, and they just go until they land on the back of his head, and there's Lugosi right there. But yeah, it follows a lot of the same beats as Dracula. Um, so yeah, that's a, that's a phenomenal fact for you. This and Dracula have a lot of the same story beats, especially starring the same title character here, um, Lugosi and both. Um... And there he is, the man, the myth, the legend. Love the unibrow. <laughs> Anthony Davis would be proud, bro. Um, and yeah, this is a creepy dude, man. Uh, there's like the iconic zombie that we see in this film all the time, like the chubbier guy. Zombie. zombie. So this guy screaming zombie right here, that may be the first time we ever hear zombie on screen. Because for our third phenomenal fact, this is the first zombie movie ever. So... Night of the Living Dead, Dawn of the Dead, all of those films, this was first. And it's a little different from all those zombie films. Uh, notice he took her, like, scarf or whatever. That's, like, a, a plot point later on. Um, sorry if you're actually trying to watch the movie. But, yeah, I'm mean, just here to talk about it a little bit. So watch it with the subtitles, maybe, so you can see what's going on in the, in the film here. Because I'm going to be babbling the entire time. Um, but yeah, this was the first zombie movie. There were some Broadway shows before it. There was, like, a Broadway show called Zombie. Um, but yeah, this was the first film. And so these zombies in here... Um, and these are probably going to be a lot more than 15 phenomenal facts, by the way. Um, so I don't know if I'm going to keep counting them. But you're going to have at least 15. But for our next fact, that these are not the typical zombies that we see in Night of the Living Dead or Dawn of the Dead or stuff like that. Um... We might have been caught. Caught? By whom? Those men you spoke to? They are not I'm just being quiet so you can hear this. They are dead bodies. Dead? Yes, Mr. Zombies. The living dead. Corpses taken from their grave. Or made to work. In sugar mill. Fields at night. Yeah, so this driver, he says that they're zombies, they're the living dead, taken from graves, but that's not actually true in this, really, because um, these zombies are not the living dead zombies that we see in other things. These are like voodoo zombies, they're people under, like, hypnosis. Um, they're not, like, mindless zombies that just, like, do their own bidding. These zombies are all under Lugosi. Like, these zombies are under mind control, and that's why they're zombified. Um, it's not, like, the typical Night of the Living Dead kind of zombie. It's, it's quite different, actually. Um, and yeah, that's actually sort of a contradiction, because it, it's, like, class, it's, like, clarified later that they are not living dead zombies um it's a contradiction they explain it later on um yeah i guess for our next fact so i guess like fact number four or whatever we're on um the original story um is called magic island from 1929 this is what it was based on it's not like an adaptation or anything but it was like heavily inspired by a book called the magic island um, and the author says that he saw real zombies, man. Um, so yeah, there is an original book. Of course, I learned a lot about this in the White Zombie Anatomy of a Horror Film book, which I did on the channel yesterday, um, which you guys can check out if you haven't seen that already. If somehow you stumbled across this commentary and didn't 
watch my book review from yesterday, you got to go ahead and do that. It's a very, very text-heavy book, um, and maybe I'll talk a little bit more about the book later on um, and some of the things that the book touches. Um, but yeah, it's living people in a death-like trance. Um, there's no flesh-eating in this film, so that's like our next fact. They're living dead in a trance, no flesh-eating, so that goes along with how it's a contradiction. Um, yeah, and it was based off of The Magic Island from 1929, which was a book. Um, so right now the couple are getting to the house. And they're just talking to the, uh, guy here. Um, and yeah, I guess I'll, so, yeah, the main reason I wanted to do this, I mean, the film is public domain, and a lot of these older films I know for, like, modern audiences, they're hard to get through. So... I figured if you haven't seen it, come and watch it with me, I guess. I'm here for you. I am here to help you get through this film. Ah, oh, Butler is going to tell Mr. Beaumont that they're here. Um, and Mr. Beaumont is sort of like the, uh, I don't want to say, I don't know. You'll see as the film progresses who Beaumont is, really. Um, I've only met Mr. Beaumont once or twice, but... But he never struck me like a man that would take the trouble to play a fairy godfather to a young couple like you. Where's he coming? He should be coming. Unless. Unless what, sir? Sorry, I just don't want you guys to miss these crucial plot points. And then, of course, as soon as I stop talking so you can hear, there's no dialogue in the film. So. I suppose you'll think I'm a meddling old fool, but... You know, I'd feel a good deal better if you'd clear out of this place after you're married and have nothing more to do with Mr. Bowman. The young people <laughs> have arrived, sir, and Dr. Bruner. They're waiting in the reception hall. Show them to their room. So Dr. Bruner, um, as you see, he has some knowledge there. Um, so Dr. Bruner may be like another doctor that we see in another film. Yeah, I think Bruner knows what's going on here, guys. Uh, the couple doesn't, but... Yeah, so I guess uh, we'll just talk a little bit more about the film here. Um, so Lugosi's character in this film is named Murder Legendre. But the, the thing that makes this a phenomenal fact for our list is that Murder Legendre is not said anywhere in this film. Um, later on, like towards the end, they do mention that he's called Murder. Um, but that could just be like an analogy. Like they're just like, oh, like he brings death, his name, they call him Murder or whatever. But Murder is the actual character name. But Legendre... That's never said anywhere in the film, especially not together, not murder le genre. As I said, like, murder's only mentioned that one time. Um, the only time that it is really said is in this 1952 trailer um, about the film. And, yeah, so I don't know. I don't know if they came up with that after the fact, and they called him that in that trailer, or if he was always called that. Um, but he's certainly not called that in the film. They could have just made that up for the trailer. Um, but regardless, um, speaking of Lugosi, this was one of Lugosi's favorite films that he was in, so there's our next fact for you. Um, Lugosi loved this film. One of his personal favorites. If you've seen the movie Ed Wood, you know that Ed w in the film Ed Wood, um, 
Lugosi is watching it in that film, and he says that it's one of his favorites. He's doing, like, the hand thing. And we see Lugosi do that hand thing a lot, like in Bride of the Monster and stuff like that. So Lugosi, in real life, actually really enjoyed this film, which is strange because it's one of, like... I mean, it's an independent film, man. And I think it's really good. A lot of people think it's really good, but a lot of people haven't seen it. Um, but it's cool to know that it was one of Lugosi's favorite roles that he had in one of his favorite films. So... Um, obviously, if you're a fan of metal music, you know Rob Zombie, and his band, White Zombie, here's another fact, was named after this film, so White Zombie the band is named after White Zombie the film. Um, again, Rob Zombie, as you know, big horror fan, he has tons of horror references and all that kind of stuff in all of his music, so, yeah, it's obvious that he would love this film as well. Um, and yeah, it's just, I mean, it's a cool name for a band. I mean, even if you haven't heard of the film, I mean, you're like, oh, White Zombie, like, that sounds like a, a cool band name and everything. Um, so yeah, as I mentioned, this is an independent film, but if you're watching it along with me, I mean, it's hard to really tell that it's an independent film. Like, it's hard to distinguish that this is any different than any of the other Universal Monster movies or whatever. I mean, it looks kind of the same, the production value is about the same, and the sets actually are the same because our next fact is that they were actually able to use a lot of these sets from the old Universal films for pretty cheap. Um, a lot of times they just let them use them. So this is one of the sugar mills here where, as you can see, the zombies are doing some work. Um, and zombies are like a common thing. Um, I guess, I don't know how to say it, but like, Zombies are, like, a common thing in, like, the voodoo culture, I guess. And it talks a lot about this in the Anatomy of a Horror Film book. Um, but yeah, so... These are the zombies in the sugar mill just doing their... Their zombie business. You know, doing all the hard manual labor. And yeah, as I said, that they reuse a lot of the universal sets in this. Um, and that's why the production values look so good, man. Because, like, think of an indie film now. Like, now, they have a lot more money than they used to in the past, because, I mean, like, you can do an indie film for a couple million dollars, but, like, back then, like, indie films, like, you didn't have anything, really, um, so it's good that they were able to use all of these sets and stuff for the film, oh, the guy falls into the, into the mill, some gruesome stuff, man, getting ground up, that's just so creepy, watching them all walk around, um, I'm not as familiar with this film as many other people. I've only seen this a handful of times. Um, but I, I enjoy the film quite a bit. Um, it's definitely not in the upper, upper echelon of horror films from around this time period. It's still very, very good, but I mean, it's not your Dracula's, it's not your um, Frankenstein films or anything like that. But this is like right up there, man. It's just not in that A tier. I'd say this is in like the B tier. Um, and then, of course, you get into, like, some worse ones from, like, around that time period. Um, but, yeah, I mean, this one's I think, is, like, a phenomenal film. Um, guy's pretty creeped out by the, uh, the mill here. That's a nice shot. Little, uh... And another thing, like, this film's, like, really, like, artsy at parts. Um, we'll get to it when we get to it, but there's, like, a notorious, like, one-take scene that's really, really interesting in this. So there's that, like, main zombie I was telling you guys about. You see him all the time in, like, the posters for this film. Is he gonna shake the hand? Ooh, he's bummed. 
There he is, my man. I also think Lugosi looks really creepy in this, like his facial hair and his unibrow, as we already mentioned, but I'm digging the goatee. See, and this is also similar to Dracula, where like they have like a meeting between the Traveler and the fucking uh, Dracula and all that, and he explains some things, but... They are not worried about long hours. You... You could make good use of men like mine on your plantation, though. That's not what I want. Ooh, Lugosi's confused, man. Then perhaps you should talk about the young lady who came to your house this evening. You seen her? <laughs> when? The road night. Sorry I'm being quiet, I'm just letting you get to the, uh, listen to some of these plot points. And there's yeah, the, uh, there's the scarf. For the young man. It'll be married tonight. You've waited too long to do anything. What do you want me to do? If she were to disappear for a month, what do you hope to gain by her disappearing? See, and that's another thing that's a similarity to, like, Dracula is that... Lugosi's trying to get um, the girl turned into a zombie, but in Dracula, he's like trying to get Mina and Lucy successful. He does it to Lucy, uh, turn them into a vampire. Um, that's actually a plot hole in the original Dracula. Lucy is never found or mentioned again after she sort of like disappears. So uh, maybe someday I'll do a Dracula 15 phenomenal facts. That'd be interesting. It's not public domain though. So I wouldn't be able to do like a uh, watch along for it um, in this fashion. I mean, you could always just sync the audio up with the film, but um, I wouldn't be able to post it on YouTube or anything. I'd just be my vocals for it. It wouldn't be the film. So I don't know, we'll see. If, I mean, if that's something you guys want to see. And mainly, like, these things like this, it might... If I ever decide to make a Patreon someday, these things will probably live on Patreon. Because um, I don't know how much of an audience there's going to be for this. And I'm sure there's a ton of other commentaries of White Zombie Online that you could watch that are much more prestigious than mine. But hey, if you're watching this, I mean, I hope you like what I'm doing here. So there he is. There's the iconic one. My boy. Um... But yeah, so yeah, as I said, I don't really want to call this a commentary. I'd rather call it like a watch along because um, I'm just watching this along with you guys. I mean, I, I don't have any like grand things to say about it other than what I would have put into my video about it, a regular standard 15 phenomenal facts. But yeah, like I want to get like more experimental this season. I want to try different formats to my videos. So I'm just going to try a 15 phenomenal fact video and more like this. I love this line. Yeah. Lugosi's just so good, man. Time is very brief. You must do your share if I'm to help you. Keep it. And he's also much more charismatic in this film. I mean, he still definitely has some, like, Dracula-isms to him. But, 
I don't know, it kind of sucks the way his career kind of turned out, how he was always typecast into stuff, because he really was, like, a talented actor and could do a lot of versatile things. Um, so, yeah, although this character's very, very similar to a Dracula-type role, which is probably why he got the part, um, he was capable of doing a lot. If you've seen, like, Islands of the Lost Souls and a bunch of different things, um, the later Frankenstein films where he plays Igor, obviously he's phenomenal in those, and then same in the... Uh, Edgar Allan Poe films that Universal was making around this time. Um, everything he's in, I mean, he gives it his all, man. Like, even if the movie's balls terrible. There is no other way. Oh, man. Lugosi's just so good, man. Um, and yeah, I guess that's another fact, but he was actually quite a nice grab because he was a big star at the time. I mean, nowadays it's pretty easy to see, like, famous actors and in independent films because they're trying to like be artsy and stuff like that and maybe they're funding the films themselves and stuff but like i don't know it was really a good grab to get lugosi for this film because as i mentioned it was very very low budget um not sure how much it was produced for i mean that's a quick a quick search to see um about fifty thousand dollars so that's nothing um Oh, a wedding. How romantic. So yeah, as I mentioned, this was the first zombie film. And ironically enough, something people that don't really people don't really know about it is that there is actually a sequel to White Zombie. Um, and a lot of people don't really know about it. It was called Revolt of the Zombie. Um, it got sued over the term zombie. And for some reason, it was, like, treated like a trademark name. It was, like, an unofficial sequel or something. I don't really know the whole story behind it. But even though zombie was already in the dictionary, the word zombie was like a trademark name at the time or something. So they actually got sued for L Revolt of the Zombie, and I think they actually changed the name of it, which really makes it even like more obscure and less people even know that it was a sequel to this. Um, <laughs> look how solemn this wedding is, dude. Like, I don't know, when I got married, it was so happy. This is just like depressing. Especially, like, they're in Haiti. They're in a tropical... They're on like a mystic island, man. Like, they're living their best life right now man and i got married in fucking ohio and they're like acting like it's the worst day ever like i'd be stoked to get on a uh, like destination wedding like come on man so romantic i can't even deal with how much is going on now we got some lurking going on out in the garden area. We see Lugosi. Also, there's a hawk in this. I think the hawk's about to come up. I think it's a hawk. It's some sort of bird. It might be like a vulture or something. I'm not a, uh, a bird scientist or anything. It's about to be loud and annoying as fuck. I also love the music here, by the way. See, now he's using the scarf here. Oh, he's doing some voodoo tricks. There he 
is. There's our, uh, there's the giant claw, man. There he is. Yeah, I don't know what kind of bird that is. It's some sort of hawk or vulture or something. I don't know. But yeah, that's not the last time we're going to see him. Um, he's going to come up a lot. Um, I guess we can talk about, like, voodoo, like, a little bit. Like, something that, like, people don't understand is that voodoo is, like, actually a very, very positive practice. Um, in films, it's in, like, it's seen in, like, a negative light. And in the media, it's seen in, like, a negative light a lot of times. But voodoo, similar to witchcraft in a lot of ways, is actually a very, like, positive practice. Um, and it goes into that in the book quite a bit goes into the history of voodoo um i guess i can i can crack this book open a little bit and tell you guys a little bit more about it um so yeah this book white zombie anatomy of a horror film um as i mentioned in my review it's sort of a definitive look at white zombie it's a very exhaustive book it goes into it in great detail which is why the book is like sort of like a niche thing like, I can't see too many people reading this book unless you're really interested in White Zombie. And if you're watching this and you've made it this far into the video, you must really like White Zombie too. Um, unless you're watching it for the first time with me. But if you've watched it before and you're still watching it with me, um, you must really like, like White Zombie too. So this might be a book that you would be interested in checking out, um, if you so please. And so yeah, it goes into the history of how White Zombie came to be and the history of Voodoo. Um, and the book I mentioned that it was based on, um, The Magic Island or whatever, um, it goes into that book and the plot of that book and how it was influential. Lugosi's talking to her, man, and what do you see? There he is, my guy. Light the candle. Would you light my candle? Sorry, I can't even sing right now. <laughs> um, so yeah, it talks about like the production of White Zombie in the in the book here. Um, it talks about like continuing the tradition of zombies in the world today. Um, it talks about like the cultural impact that the film had, and it go has like a whole section of like talking about White Zombie under like modern scrutinies. Um, so like going into like some of the controversies with it today. Um, obviously, like, the term white zombie is called white zombie because it's a white person who's a zombie, um, so it's not exactly as PC today as it should be, so there's, like, another fact for you. It's actually, like, kind of, like, controversial that it's unusual that the zombie is white in this. Um, there he is, Lugosi. Um, just anything where he's using his eyes is just, like, incredible, man. <laughs> then the funeral man so basically they think that she's dead but she's actually in like a death-like trance from Lugosi so that's why the carriage rider uh the driver he thinks that it's the living dead but really they're put into a death-like trance by Lugosi and then he comes and gets them later um Ooh, we're only about, like, a third of the way through the film here. Alright, so we see the guy in the fucking tavern or whatever. He's getting drunk. He's like, God damn it. Um, and yeah, so... I don't even know how many facts I've talked about. 
Um, it might be around 15 or so. Um, I guess for another fact that the film has a lot of, like, fairy tale qualities into it. Um, like, the time period's, like, real ambiguous. Um, which, I don't know if my Caligari video's out, but we're gonna talk about that a little more when I'm talking about Caligari. Um... My guy. Again, I'm trying to find a balance of talking and not talking. I think I've been talking a little too much, actually. Um, if you guys are actually trying to watch the film. Um... Come to me, Neil. <laughs> it's hallucinating, man. I'm just really vibing to the song right now, everyone. I think in this scene, there's one scene, I don't know if it's this one, but we see like a tombstone wobble. Um, if it's in this scene, we'll try to catch it. But, could have very well already happened in the film and I wasn't paying attention that closely. There they are. Creepy zombies, man. Zombies? Yes. They are my servants. Did you think we could do it alone? <laughs> In their lifetime, they were my enemies. I go the witch doctor. Once my master. In secrets, I torture out of him. Vangelda, the swine. Fallen with riches. He fought against my spells until the last. Slogosi has basically conquered all of his enemies on this island, man. And now they all do his bidding instead of the other way around. He even said one of them was his master at one point. Um, so they're gonna go get the get the grave, they're gonna steal it, so there he is. This is so I love how they go and like introduce all of them and like say like their names and stuff and then as I mentioned they don't say his name in this they don't say I am murder Legendre or anything um, it's just later on when he mentions his name is murder just the one time that's my friend if, you, if you've never seen many Lugosi films before, um, and here's the hand thing I was talking about, and this is imitated countless times, you've probably seen this hand thing on like the posters and stuff, but yeah, I said he did that in like Bride of the, Z Bride of the Monster, the Ed Wood movie, and yeah, that's just a very iconic thing from this film. Um, they're going to go into the tomb. But yeah, if you haven't seen very many Lugosi films, this is actually a good one to start out with. Um, of course, there's Dracula. I'm hoping you've seen Dracula. If you haven't seen Dracula before, go see Dracula. Um, there's the Poe films from Universal. 
Um, there's tons that he, I mean, he's good in everything he's in. I mean, there's a lot of stuff that, like, you should skip, like the Bella Lugosi meets a Brooklyn gorilla and, like, all those kind of movies. But, like, if you're interested in Lugosi movies, like, especially, like, some of his, like, stuff during his heyday, like, this period, um, they're all good, man. Um, it's just when you get, like, later on and, like, he's doing, like, the more, like, gimmicky stuff where, like, it sucks real bad. Uh, but no fault on him. It's just he was in horrible things. <gasps> There is a zombified girl. <laughs> He's going to catch him. What are they going to do? He's going to catch him. What are they going to do? Better be quick. Of course, these are the slowest zombies of all time. This is like not the uh, the fast moving zombies. These are the very slow moving zombies. I'm sure this was a huge influence on Night of the Living Dead um, as well, because I mean, Night of the Living Dead was the first zombie movie where we see zombies the way that we see them today. Before that, it was all zombies like this, like the voodoo type, um, the voodoo type stuff. So. Night of the Living Dead was was very revolutionary. Well, was that the wobble? I couldn't tell. Um, anytime there's a graveyard scene, just look for the wobble, man. I'm sure there's many wobbles, actually. Um, but there's one that's, like, notorious. Um, I don't think it's as bad as, like, in Ed Wood movies where, like, the tombstones are literally falling over. Um, but there's definitely some wobble action going on. Um, I guess another phenomenal fact about it is that the critics hated it at the time. Um, <laughs> he's like, where the hell'd she go, bro? All right, so here's the one take scene. Um, this scene has been like read and analyzed and overanalyzed like a hundred times. Um, but you can look into this scene however you want. Um, but for me, it's just really cool like camera movement. Um, and it's the first time we really see it. So we notice at the beginning of the scene, it sort of like starts behind the guy's back and then it pulls out. And now we're going to see this whole scene play out in one continuous take. Um, I don't know how many takes this took. It probably took a long time to get this right. Um, or maybe not. I mean, maybe the actors were pros. I mean, I'm sure since this was an independent film, they didn't have much film to like burn. Like they didn't want to waste a bunch. So I'm sure there were a lot of rehearsals before they actually went and shot this. Um, like, even with camera rehearsals to get, like, the camera movements down and everything. Um, because who knows? They may have only had, like, one or two tries to get this right. Um, but yeah, this entire scene is done in one take. And her lips were cold. Let me explain. So we're getting a little movement here. Wherever there is a superstition, you'll find there's also a practice. Now, do you remember what your driver told you the night he took you to Beaumont's house? Oh, about those horrible creatures we saw. Yeah. He said they were corpses. Yeah. Take it from their grave. That's what now it is. Now, that's the superstition. Now for the practice. See, the here's where he's explaining. The dead corpses from the grave are supposed to put them there in the first place. Do you mean that Madeline was murdered so that somebody could steal her dead body? Ah, nonsense. No, no. 
Not her, not her, her body, yes, but not her dead body. So there's a little bit of a flub there. Um, I don't know if that was an acting flub, or again, I mean, they might not have done many takes of this, so that might have just been like a screw-up. Excuse me, please, have you got a match? That's another thing. This I, this guy's always asking for a match. <laughs> we'll see that a little later. He's a he heavy smoker. Heavy, heavy smoker. He loves his pipes. Um, you don't believe that, do you? I'll let you hey, watch the scene. There's been lots of people that's been pronounced dead that came alive again and lived for years. Now, if, if nature can play pranks like that, why isn't it possible to play pranks with nature? Oh, I don't know. Your driver believed he saw dead men walking. He didn't. What he saw was men alive and everything but this and this. Oh, the whole thing has me confused. I just can't understand it. Uh, I don't blame you. I don't blame you. I've been trying for years to get to the bottom of this thing. To separate what you call fact from fiction. The law, the law of Haiti acknowledges the possibility of being buried alive. Here it is in the famous law. I'll read it for you. It's in French. Do you speak French? No. <coughs> Excuse me, please. Have you got a match? Right here. Here's one. No, <laughs> there he goes with the match again. Translated for you. If you speak Spanish. Article. Article 749. The use, the use of drugs or other practices which produce lethargic coma or lifeless sleep shall be considered attempted murder. Yes. Attempted. Yes, I see. Yeah. All right. All right. If the person has been buried alive, the act should be considered murder, no matter what result follows. Oh, my. So you said that you couldn't understand why he was so interested in that. Do you think he did this? No. No, I think it's native work. Native work. Exactly. Of course, if you want to, we can go to Beaumont's house first. If I can get my hand <laughs> on the devil that's responsible for this... Um, but yeah, as I was saying, like, the critics didn't really like this. They thought the acting was shitty. And yeah, like, as you can see, like, here, it's a little, like, hokey at parts. But I mean, all acting at that time was hokey. So I don't know what the hell they were talking about, man. And see, as you notice, I mean, this scene's been going on for a real long time. So it's kind of like, like a stage play um, where they're doing it all in one take. And as we see the cameras moving again. I'm a preacher. And it's about to end, like, right where it left off. So he goes back in his seat, and the camera moves back behind his back, and that's our transition. Um, so, yeah, people have read into that scene a lot. People, in fact, in this book, um, he reads into a lot of stuff in this book. Like, he's analyzing the shots, he's analyzing scenes, he's analyzing, like, all kinds of stuff. Um, and I mean, a lot of it, you can take it or leave it or whatever, but that's just your own interpretations of it. Um, and yeah, another place that this was shot, besides, like, the universal, like, back lot, um, there's a scene at Bronson Cave as well, um, it was shot there, um, and of course, Bronson Cave has been in tons of films, and look at it, like, that's straight out of Universal, man, that is a Universal set, um, again, some cool camera movements, I mean, camera movements were pretty, like, unique at the time, 
Um, if you watch a lot of these old films, it's a lot of static stuff. So, like, this actually has, like, some pretty impressive cinematography for the time. Um, but yeah, this was filmed in only, like, 11 days, which is crazy. Um, because, I mean, like, when you shoot movies, it takes months um, I don't know what the average length of shooting a movie back then was, but it certainly wasn't 11 days. Um, I mean, at least get a couple weeks out of it. That's like a week and a couple days, man. Um, she's in her trance. Sorry, at times I'm just getting sucked in the movie, as you should be as well. Um, just give yourself to the film, just enjoy it for a second. I'm just vibing to the music. He's gonna put on the necklace here. So basically this Beaumont dude was like a huge fucking asshole and he was trying to steal Neil's girl like this is his girl man and Beaumont basically fucking sells her out and is like yeah turn her into a zombie that's fine or whatever so that's another thing that's like unique with this and like another thing like a lot of people think that like Dracula's trying to get the girl or whatever in Dracula, even though in the Lugosi one that's not the case. But in others, Dracula's trying to get the girl. In this one, there's a guy who is soliciting, like, the Dracula-type character to make, like, a zombie-type version of her or whatever. Um. No. You must put the light back into her eyes and bring laughter to her she must be gay and happy again. You paint a charming picture, Monsieur. So now Charles is like regretting his decision of making her be a zombie because he was like, oh shit, and look at this framing right here. Like, that's a good shot. But he's regretting his decision, man. He was like, man, I don't want her like this. Like, I want her as a normal person. I don't want her as like a zombie. Like, she has no personality. She's not doing anything. She's walking around in a trance, man. Um, and murder refuses. How do you suppose those eyes will regard you when the brain is able to understand? So murder is basically like, no, nah, you're fucked. Like, she's going to stay a zombie, so. And little does Beaumont know this, but Beaumont is under his influence as well. Um... So, Beaumont might be starting to feel a little funny here, too, at some point. Better to see hatred in them than that dreadful emptiness. Perhaps you're right. 
It would be a pity to destroy such a lovely flower. Um, like many films at the time, there's also a colorized version of this. I haven't seen it. I can't imagine it looks that great. Um, on the cover of the White Zombie Anatomy of a Horror Film book, it's actually a colorized image. So I would imagine that that is from the colorized version of the film. Or at least, like, an artist's rendering of it. I don't know. But there is a color version, so there's another fact for you. Um, I'm sure I've given you more than 15, but... I'll give you at least 15. Um, so I don't know. Again, you're going to hear this whether or not it's good or not. And if it's the worst thing on the planet, I will give you a proper 15 Phenomenal Facts video of White Zombie at a later date. Again, this is just like an experimental thing I want to try to do. Um, as you've seen, or maybe you will see with other episodes of 15 Phenomenal Facts, because I don't know when this is really scheduled to go up. But I'm going to be doing some more experimental things with 15 Phenomenal Facts. You will be getting a couple episodes that are normal. Um, but you'll be getting some that are um, where I'm going to try something a little new here. So this may be the potion here. That, yeah. I have other plans for Mademoiselle. And I'm afraid you might not agree. <laughs> I have taken a fancy to you, Monsieur. Silver! Silver! Oh my god! <laughs> oh, the acting in this is hilarious at times. Yeah, murder is like, nah, fuck that. That's not gonna happen. Lugosi's eyes are just like really hypnotic. I mean, if the one if the man does one thing well, it's he's good at staring. See, look, he's got him under his control. The zombies are coming in and shit. Oh man. I just really love that one zombie. There he is, he's gonna come up from behind. Um, and yeah, this is like where they got the image from the book. It's like this part. Um, so here's another phenomenal fact that's coming up here soon. There's a very, very notorious flub. And there's only one way, that's the only way you can classify it as a flub or a mistake, because it's not like in that scene where the one take, where the actor just sort of screws up his line or whatever. This is a very, very noticeable mistake. Because, as you know, he's supposed to be in a petrified zombie-type state here as he's being carried. So as a zombie, oh, there it was right there. Did you see it? Did you see it? He plugged his nose as he went into the water. Now, if you're truly in a petrified zombie-type state, you're not going to be able to plug your nose when you go in the water, bro. Um, supposed to be frozen, man. Supposed to be frozen. Um, I had 17 facts written down, and I think I went through all of them. Um, and I've probably given a more given more than just those 17. So you've gotten at least 15 phenomenal facts in this. Again, this is an experimental episode in the future when I do more. When I return like that bird, 
Um, when I return with doing more 15 Phenomenal Facts videos like this, if I decide to do this even more, um, I'll have more of an outline. Because again, this is sort of just like a test, but I'll upload it anyway because I don't care. Ah, <laughs> oh, he's funny. So we're getting close to the climax of the film here, man. If I do this with more films, um, they have to be public domain if I'm putting them on YouTube, as I mentioned. Um, but any films you guys want to see me do a watch along with, let me know down in the comments. I mean, this one isn't really the greatest one to start off with. Oh, and this is where he's like referred to as murder, so I'll be quiet so you can pay attention to this scene. So we've gotten like three explanations about what these zombies are, and they're all like slightly different. But this guy knows what he's talking about too, so does the doctor, but the 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 coach driver doesn't. See, it's a man called Murder. So I mean that doesn't mean that's his birth given name or anything. But it could just be like, oh, he brings about murder. And then we see we see our titular hero sneaking up to the castle here. Um, one of our heroes or something. I can't tell. I'm watching this on a very grainy version. And I haven't seen this film too often. But... <laughs> Wake up, drink. <laughs> like, Jesus, what the hell's going on? It's that bird again! Everyone's annoyed by this bird. I don't know why that was included in the film. Like, Jesus Christ, dude! A uh, fucking bird screaming bloody murder. Um, it's crazy. 
Madeline. So right now, Neil and the doctor, they gotta go. They gotta go save the day, brother. They gotta save Madeline. He's like, fine, I'll go save your girl for you since you're laying out on the beach here. You don't want to do nothing. Um, and that's got to be like a matte painting or something. I'm sure it's reused as well. Um, it looks good. <laughs> even if you haven't watched all of the film right now, you can still say on your letterbox that you watched White Zombie, even though you really listened to my voice for the majority of the film. But that's fine. Um, as I was saying, um, with other films, and there's the little wipe transition there, like halfway, and there's the rest. So really innovative, like, filmmaking techniques here. Um, but yeah, as I was saying, like, if there's any other films you want to see me do a commentary on, because really this isn't, one, isn't the greatest one to start out with, but, like, if I was doing a commentary on, like, Dracula or Halloween or something like that, like, I'd have a lot more to talk about, like, the entire time. Um, with this one, um, it's public domain, so I'm just like, fuck it, whatever, I'll do it. Um, and there's probably some more public domain movies out there that I could do. I, I could have done Night of the Living Dead, that might be an interesting one to do. Um, since that's public domain as well, and I could upload the video files for it. Go save your girl! It's like, Jesus, like, did he forget what she looks like or something? Like, you need to be reminded to go save her. <laughs> I don't know why, I, I really find a lot of these older films just funny. Ridiculous, it's so funny. So now he's approaching the house. We're finally getting to the climax of the film. Um, I'm pretty sure they were just trying to fill up the hour uh, because this film was like, what, like an hour and seven minutes or something like that. So they're probably just trying to fluff out the time whenever they can because it's not really building much suspense here. Um, another thing to mention is that, like, the use of music in this was also, like, revolutionary for the time, because if you've seen Dracula, the 1931 version, besides, like, the opening credits, there is no music in the film, so, like, this was, like, at the birth of sound movies in general, so, like, they didn't really think to add music to a lot of it, um, but yeah, they started adding music and stuff pretty early on, because, I mean, this was just, like, shortly after Dracula, um, so Dracula was in 31, this was in 32, um, but they probably shot Dracula in 1930, I would imagine, since it was, like, released around, um, 
Valentine's Day. I think it might have been released on Valentine's Day, actually. So I would imagine they had it shot before um, the new year. So they probably shot it in 1930. It is unfortunate you are no longer able to speak. <laughs> is it unfortunate? Well, Lugosi is just like such a good character. And so, yeah, this was actually shot in 32, um, the year it came out. So this was a couple years after Dracula. And Lugosi had been in a few films like in between that. Um, like Murders in the Rue Morgue, I think, came out in between that, um, and some other stuff. Um, but yeah, Lug as I mentioned, like, Lugosi was, like, a big name at the time, especially in horror. Um, so he was actually a pretty good grab to get in there. You refuse. Shake <laughs> I remember. See, Lugosi never forgets, man. We understand each other better now. Remember that he was rude at the beginning, so now Lugosi's getting his revenge in many, many different ways. So Neil's getting into the house here. Lugosi is gonna sense it. Lugosi's gonna know something's wrong, pretty much. So. Again, they were probably just trying to fill out a lot of the time. They're like, all right, dude, just go wander around this castle for a little bit, we'll film it put it to music, we'll make it slightly above an hour of the film, because I mean, what, the opening credits are a couple minutes, um, so they're like, as long as we are above 60, we're good, and it doesn't matter if it's a couple extra. I love the white zombie theme, by the way, you can hear it playing now, um, but I really dig it. I swear, fucking Neil's just like drunk off his ass. <laughs> so Ghosty's basically like, what the hell's going on with this guy? <laughs> it's funny watching Lugosi run, because you always see him as like a slow moving, like, type of guy, like, very cool and cunning, and then whenever he loses his cool, this smile is incredible. I love this part, too. Ooh. And there's the hands. Crunch. Again, another close-up with the eyes. Um, the eyes are really overdone in this. They're not as prevalent in the 1931 film. Um... Another thing to mention is, like, that eye shot at the very beginning with, like, the eyes and the coach and how the eyes are, like, in the background. It's kind of like the scene in Bram Stoker's Dracula with, like, the eyes over the mountaintops as Jonathan Harker's going in the cabin. So what's happening right here is Lugosi basically, like, silently told her to go kill Neil. 
Um, so she arises from her slumber there, and she's gonna go get Neil, I guess. He's gonna attempt to murder Neil. Again, I don't know why Lugosi just doesn't try to do it himself. Um... So she's about to go get a knife. Or maybe she already has the knife, I can't recall. But basically she's going to kill try to kill Neil right now. Again, they're really trying to fill time because as you've noticed, the past like 20 minutes of this movie is just silent and people walking around to music. Um, and there's that shot again that I love. Um Again, the the filming of Dracula, like the cinematography and stuff, is absolute like balls. Um, it's basically like static shots. I mean, as Mark DeWitt says, it's like Lugosi forgot he was making a movie, basically, and he's just like filming a stage play. Um, but here, there's a lot of like really cool camera work, as I've mentioned again, and I love those like frame within a frame shots. Um, they're really fun. Alright, so here's where she is grabbing the uh, knife here to kill Neil. <laughs> He's just passed the fuck out. I don't know, his character is just so funny to me. I mean, yeah, I mean, I guess, like, looking at this now, the acting, a lot of the times, is pretty weak and funny. All right, and I'll be quiet here for a second to really get the, the suspense going. Will Neil make it? Or not? <laughs> this fucking guy. <laughs> What's going on? He's like, kill the motherfucker, what are you doing? She's like, okay, master, that's fine. There he is. Our knight in shining armor. Bruner, come on, bro. Like, this part doesn't really make much sense. Like, you think he would have went and tried to do something else. I mean, he literally just, what, grabs her arm and sh her spell is lessened and she's like, whatever, I'll just run away. Like, you think he would have, like, came out and done something. <laughs> she's running the fuck away. <laughs> so funny. So now we're getting to the pivotal climax out by the rocks, by the balcony.
And what's she gonna do? Is she gonna kill herself? What is she doing? Is he gonna break the spell? Again, just walking cool and casual as all hell. Walking in the background. Doesn't come up in a threatening manner like running, like to try to tackle him. He's more psychological. He'll just creep up from behind and everything. Like, if I was Lugosi, I'd just go and fucking, like, punch the guy or something. Like, he's like... He's like, whatever, I'll just have my servants do it. So, here they all come down the steps... And from the foreground, he's about to be surrounded by the zombies all around him. <laughs> oh, he's got a gun. <laughs> yeah, because guns have effect on zombies. Uh-oh. And this entire time, you're just like, where's Bruner? There he is. <laughs> See, that's what Lugosi should have done to these guys all along. Yeah, Bruner's using brute force. He's not fucking around. And then the zombies, with their hero not telling them what to do, they just mindlessly walk to their death. So basically, murder doesn't have mental control over them, and they just topple off the cliff um, mindlessly. But if we notice, Madeline's still in her trance, which is a little bit of a plot hole, but I guess it helps to move the story forward. Um... Oh. <laughs> there she goes. Or is she still in a trance? And Lugosi wakes up from his little injury there. And now he's scrambling. He doesn't know what to do. But now she's back in her trance because he's wide awake. Lugosi tries to fucking just casually walk away again. He's not running. You'd think he would run. Uses a fucking smoke bomb. Like, what? Are you Darkwing Duck? What was that shadow in the background? Did you guys see that? Who's that shadow walking by him? Jesus Christ. Oh, then there he is. Saving the day. Oh, that's so funny. But, he falls himself. So I guess he wasn't such a bad guy after all. Because he saved the day. 
And now the happy couple gets to be together. And there's only a few seconds left in this, so I'm just going to sign off real fast. Um, again, I hope you guys enjoyed this. Let me know what you guys want to see from me in the future, if you're still watching this. Um, if you liked the video, give it a thumbs up, and... Excuse me, please. Have you got a match? <laughs> Take care, stay spooky, everyone. And I will see you guys in the next video. I'm coming out tomorrow, so... That's it. The end.